Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in a series called I Got Issues, and um, I'm going to be really honest and transparent in this whole series. And one thing you've done really good, Foundation Church, you let me be me. Um, you don't make me be perfect. You, you understand I got some problems and I got some issues. And what I appreciate when I am transparent and I get real, you don't send me an email giving me a 10-step process about how to fix my life, um, signing me up for counseling, or getting me in on a pyramid scheme. This will fix you. Um, but I appreciate it. So, so keep your emails. I promise I got people pouring into my life, and God's still working on me, right? Like that kid's song, to make me what I ought to be. And so just like he's working on me, I know he's working on you. And we're in a series today called I Got Issues. And to be honest, I do not want to preach this message. I hated preparing for this message. Um, I absolutely hate this today um, because it's so applicable for me today. And I think sometimes you're like, oh, he must be uh, like got it all together. Nope. Um, I'm processing this all throughout the week as I'm working on it. And today I want to talk to you about asking for help. Loosen up. Asking for help. And, and this series is this. I got issues. You got issues. We got issues. And how do we not keep our issues? How do we not allow our issues to affect us and derail us? Because it's not that you're not ever going to have issues. We're all going to have issues. But it's about how do we minimize the impact they are having in our life. And some of us, our biggest issue is asking for help, is admitting a weakness, and admitting, admitting that maybe, just maybe, you aren't enough. So today I wanna to talk to you about Old Man Shasta and art class. Old Man Shasta and art class. And so I, 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 I love going to the gym. I go to the gym about four to five times a week. Um, I, I've been doing it for several, several years. And when I was a youth pastor back in Oklahoma City is when I really started doing it. And I'm, I'm gonna say this, going to the gym is one of the best people watching places in the world. Um, the first number one best people watching place is the State Fair. Um, if you you don't believe me, uh, Justin, it's so expensive, it's worth it. And I'm not talking about going and seeing the pig boy and the bearded lady. I'm talking about just watch the normal people at the fair and your life will be blessed. Number two in my life is this Supercenter Walmart. It doesn't matter where that Supercenter Walmart is. Somebody's acting crazy at Supercenter Walmart, especially on Saturday. So um, treat yourself to freedom um, and go to Supercenter Walmart and watch people. And the third place is the gym. Um, there are all kinds of characters. There's all kinds of people that are just weird. The gym attracts weird, weird, weird people. Um, at the gym I'm at right now, still weird people. You can live one gym because of the weird people for another one. You're just changing weird for weird, right? It's the same thing. And I remember being a youth pastor 
We're living in Oklahoma City. We're at six in the morning. We're up at six in the morning at this workout, um, at the gym, ready to go, trying to get in shape. And in walks a really in shape, probably 80-year-old man. And I was like, man, like, this is awesome. This guy's in shape. He's pretty chiseled. And I'm like, I'm like hey, what, what, what have you done? How have you, how have you made this happen? What's, what's been some of your things? And he talks and he talks. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he got weird. And I'm like, I'm out, right? He had the workout pants that are fluorescent, you remember? You know what I'm talking about, all the, like the MC Hammer pants. And he bust out his iPod, which that's fine, that's when we were back in that culture in that time, it's been 15 plus years ago. iPod, airphones, and then he throws his headband on, right? Like headband all the way across the front. And I guess it was max out day, and everywhere he went, he lifted the heaviest amount of weight one time, and when he did it, he would pick up a dumbbell as heavy as he could find and go, and slam it and just walk around like, I'm like, bro, it's six in the morning. Like, shut up. Six in the morning, this guy's acting a fool. So I'm watching, I'm like, here we go, here we go. Here's the circus is in town, right? He goes to decide that he's decided he's gonna do barbell bench. So I go up to him, I say, hey man, I see you're, getting ready to do the bench press. If you need a spot, let me know. And, and this is it. This is his dismissiveness to me. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll let you know. I think I'm good. I'm like, okay, don't throw a hip, Gramps, right? Like, I'm like, all right, awesome, cool. So he throws 345s on each side, 345s. That's 315 pounds with the bar. He doesn't put any clasp on the side. I'm on the cross of the gym, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Brother gets the bar, takes it off, and he looks like he's already having a seizure. He's like, he's already making noise. He hadn't even gone anywhere, right? It just went from here to here. He goes down like this, and when he got down here, it started going wrong, right? The circus is coming to town, and he starts, this starts happening, the barbell. Well, when this happens to the barbell, this is why you have clamps on, Gramps, right? And the weights go bloop, 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 the 345s. And when that started doing that, he goes, oh, Shasta, like this. <laughs> he didn't say Shasta. He said a different S word that I can't say from stage. Just as loud he's been yelling, right? Well, if you know anything about working out, when the weights go off this way, he's still got 345s on this way, and he goes, whoa, like this, just uh, right? Like, boom. I mean, the bar's up, his headband's crooked. Everything has been yard sailed. Here's what the brother does. He just gets up and takes off, just... I'm done, right? He just left. He never came back to the gym again. Old man Shasta was gone, right? I kept looking. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Because he didn't want to ask for help. Right? He thought he could handle something. There's no way he could handle. His pride got in the way, and can I tell you, this is us to a T. This is me, I don't do 315, but this is me to a T. I stink at asking for help. I stink at admitting that maybe, 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 I might just have a weakness. I, I, I'm really bad at admitting sometimes I don't have it all together. 
And I wrote some things down that I have a hard time admitting, that I have issues with. Can I tell you, I got a hard time admitting I can't lift 25 bags of groceries in one trip with the watermelon from the car to the, to the, to the kitchen, right? Like, I'm like, babe, I can do this, right? I look like the ultimate warrior, just pierce him, like, right? No, I can't, I can't do that, right? The bread's destroyed, the eggs are broken, but I did it, right? No, you didn't. I got a hard time. I got issues, right? I have issues admitting I can't do something if it's something I feel I should be able to do. I have issues admitting I struggle or am struggling. I have issues admitting there are moments I don't have answers but just questions. I don't like saying I don't know. I have issues admitting I can't do it all and I can't be it all. Parents, understand, moms, it doesn't matter how hard you mom, there's gonna be moments you're still not enough. Dads, there's moments, doesn't matter how hard you dad, you're still not enough and you're gonna make mistakes. Your kids are still going to go through a hard time. There's moments as a spouse, you, you aren't enough to meet that spouse and all that they need because their fulfillment can't be found in you, right? There's moments we have inadequacies, we have imperfections, we have weaknesses and I have problems admitting that I'm not enough because I bought into the myth that if I can suck it up and fix it, I will, but sometimes you pushing doesn't help. I have issues admitting I have weaknesses. I have issues admitting I need help in almost every area of my life. I have a hard time with that. And chances are my issue is your issue. Right? That's just, that's just me throwing a shot out in the dark. And, and I came across this quote this past week. I've never quoted this guy probably will never quote this guy ever again because he's not a good role model. Um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. said this. He said, I've never shown my weakness. I will never show my weaknesses. Right? I've never shown my weakness and I will never show my weakness. And I'm using this guy as what not to do. But some of us, this is us. We refuse to show a weakness and we refuse to ever show a weakness to ask for help to do this. And can I tell you, if this is how you're living your life out, if this is how you're living your spiritual life, your mental life, your emotional life, your physical life, your relationship life, can I tell you, you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong and I am allowing my issue to affect me and to derail me from the way God has intended me and you to live our life. So if we're not gonna allow this issue to affect us and derail us, here's what I want us to understand today. You have to admit your weakness and lean into God's strength. You gotta come to a place where you can admit your weakness and lean into God's strength. Strength. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 10, to set up this text a little bit. Paul is talking about his thorn in the flesh. Some of you remember, maybe you've never heard of it. Um, Paul has something he can't get over. He's got a temptation he can't get past. This is the apostle Paul. And he's prayed to God, God, take this thorn in the flesh away from me. You know, can you just remove it? Can you just remove it? Can you just remove it? And we pick up into verse nine where Paul is talking about how he's asked God to remove this thorn in the flesh, this weakness, this problem that he's struggling with. And it says this, each time he said, talking about the Lord, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
That's why I take pleasures in my weaknesses and in the insults and the hardships and the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And we get this so backwards. Because most of us, if we were to be honest, when we have a weakness, what do we do? We cover it up. That's what we do, that's our MO. Friday night, um, I'm playing around a golf. Some of you saw this injury that happened to me this Friday. Um, my ankle looks like this um, as Friday night as I got home about an hour after this. Um, you're welcome, I took my toes out of the picture. You're welcome, nobody's throwing up. So I'm playing around the golf, and I would love to say, hey, this injury happened from me rescuing a child from a burning building, um, from me rescuing my wife from a bear, or you know, something amazing, but no. Um, I, I'm playing a round of golf, I go up, I, I throw some stuff, I put some stuff up, and I'm coming down these stairs, and my phone rings, right, as I'm coming down the stairs. And I thought, I thought I was at the bottom of the stairs. You know where this is going. I got a phone call. I'm like, ooh, look at the shiny little round thing. You know, like, hey, shiny thing, shiny thing. I'm like a little kid. And I look and I go to answer and I take a step thinking that I am all the way down and I miss two steps. And I hit out here and I, I, I yard sell, right? Like I'm talking the phone's here, my wallet's here. I fall on my knees. I just totally fall flat on my face. And here's the first thing I did. I looked around. <laughs> Honest. I didn't say, ow. I didn't say, dang it. I just, I looked around. Nobody saw, and I popped up, and I'm just like, walk it off. Just walk it off. Just walk it off. And as I'm walking off, I'm like, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Oh, oh. But just keep walking. A body in motion stays in motion, right? A body in motion stays in motion. Just keep going. Just keep going. And I walk all the way out to the car. My father-in-law's there. He's like, hey, you okay? I'm like, man, I just, I just kind of took a tumble, right? I didn't want to tell him what I did. And he's like, okay. We went and had pizza. I went and had pizza, sitting with my leg up on the the chair over there and, and get home and I tell Casey, I'm like, hey, um, I fell and she starts laughing. <laughs> like, I fell, right, right? She's been married too long. Um, I fell and I hurt my ankle and then she looked at my ankle. She's like, holy cow, right? She's like, it's broke. It's not broke. Everything's good. Here, here's why, why I'm telling you this story. Because what was my first reaction? Did anybody notice and walk it off? Did anybody notice, did anybody really see me for who I am and just walk it off, right? Fake it till you make it's what you heard. And that's where some of us are living, right? We're faking it till we make it. We're just gonna keep trying to walk and pretend everything's okay. And I don't have the luxury of admitting I have a weakness. <coughs> I don't have the luxury, Justin, <laughs> I don't have a moment right now to admit that I'm struggling and that I need help. And so we buy into this method that is absolutely dysfunctional that I'm just gonna fake it till I make it. And if that's you, can I tell you, you are destroying your life and you're cheating yourself out of what Paul is saying. That in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. That when I am weak, that's actually when I find I'm at my strongest because his strength is infusing me where I have a weakness at, but we fake it till we make it. 
many of us, we're faking our home life. Right? We come into church. We don't want to pretend that we have marriage problems. And so what do we do? We fake it till we make it. We talk about it with our spouse. We don't talk about it with people that are actually counselors and people that can help. So we just fake it till we make it till our marriage can no longer fake it and it gets to a critical place and it doesn't, it's really hard to get it from a critical place to a healthy place. But why? Because we didn't want to admit we needed help, that, that we needed some work because we were in a hurting place where we needed some strength because we weren't going to be able to make it on our own, but instead we chose to fake it till we make it. Some of us, we have temper problems. We have anger problems. What do we do? We cover it up because it's not okay. It's not okay to be a jerk, right? I'll just be a jerk at home. The people we're being the jerk to the most are the people we love the most. Like, well, I'm just gonna fake it till I make it, but you're not faking it till you make it with those you love the most, and they're bearing the consequence and the dysfunction of your dysfunction because you won't admit, I won't admit, I got an issue here, I got a weakness here. Some of us, it's lust. Let's talk for just a little bit. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't admit I've got a lust problem because that makes me a pervert and that makes me dirty. Yes, it does. And the simple truth is, Yes, you are. Oh, well, Justin, I don't like that. You may not like it, but it's a better way to get honest than you clearing your history, your view, browsing history every month. Some of you are like, every month, every day. Right? But, but I, I can't admit that I have this weakness, so I'm just gonna fake it till I make it till it costs you big time. Right? Some of us, it is about <clears throat> our finances. We get embarrassed because we're portraying a lifestyle that we can't afford and it's stressing us out. And we're like, well, I shouldn't have gotten in this place to begin with. I don't know how I got there. And you just drifted there. You drifted yourself into debt. And now you're still portraying a lifestyle. You're faking it till you make it. You're trying to walk it off, but you can't sustain the pace you are living at. And you're faking it till you make it because you don't want to admit that you have a weakness. Others of us, it is our thought life. And instead of taking captive every thought, man, Thoughts are just running rapid through our minds, through our lives. We think that we aren't good enough for anyone. We don't think we're capable of anything. And as a result, there's whispers that are going through the back of our mind that we will never find anything, anyone. We will never accomplish anything. And we are listening to lies. And it has made us the most insecure, most critical, most paranoid person that there is. And for some of us here, the simple truth is we need help. A lot of us don't have it together. And the alternative is this, you fake it till you make it or you get honest with your weakness. Because when you get honest with your weakness, it says this, that's when I am strong. Right, because his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I love what Charles Stanley said, he has a quote that is so good. He says, no one enjoys feeling weak whether it's emotionally, spiritually, or physically. There's something within the human spirit that wants to resist the thought of weakness. Many times, this is nothing more than our human pride at work. So just as weakness carries a great potential for strength, pride carries an equally great potential for defeat. So here's the solution for you and I today. Don't just admit it, but boast about it. That's what Paul says. Don't, don't just admit, okay, I got weakness, right? 
but most about it. And when I say don't just admit it, like I'm not, some of us, we're like, I'm so weak, I'm so pitiful. Like you're the spiritual Eeyore, right? Like stop it. It's not what we're talking about either, right? Like somebody just needs to help me because I can't help myself. Shut up, like man up, right? Like there's balance to this. But some of us, we're just trying to man up and woman up and fake it till we make it and walk it off and that's not working. And Paul says this, it's not just about you admitting it, it's about you coming to a place where you lean into that weakness and you boast about it. And Paul goes as far to say that he boasts about his weakness. And this term boast, the phrase that he's using here, the meaning that it has, means this, to often call attention to. Oh, that's so good. I often call attention to my weakness. Because the more you call attention to your weakness and ask for help, the more often Christ's strength is made perfect in it, right? It's not about you being powerful enough for you. It's about he is powerful enough for you. But his grace is all you need. His power works best in your weakness. And when I can admit that I am weak, when you can admit that you are weak, we start learning that his power works best in my weakness and I lean into his strength, which is enough. If pride precedes destruction, then can I tell you, humility precedes honor. And some of us, the only reason we are not leaning and we're not boasting about our weakness is our pride is getting in the way every time, every day. And you can hang on to your pride and you can let your, your issues affect you and derail you, or you can humble yourself and realize something, that you are not enough for you. And I am not enough for me. But when I boast about my weaknesses, it's not that I'm boasting so much about my inadequacies, but I'm boasting about his being able enough, right? It's not that I'm boasting about what I can't do. I'm boasting about what he is capable of doing. It's not that I'm boasting about my addiction. I'm boasting about the freedom he provides. It's not that I'm boasting about my past, but I'm boasting about his forgiveness. It's not that I'm boasting about how much I've messed up, but I'm boasting about how much he can fix, right? There is a balance that begins to happen. And here's what I would tell you. Here's how I would sum this up. All that I am not, he is, right? All that I am not, he is. Where I am limited, he is limitless. Where I come up short, he is more than enough. Where I can't, he is more than able. All that I am not, he is. And this is why the Bible says this, in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. If you can learn to move and to live in him, you're starting to become the person that he has called you and enabled you to be all along. And it's not about you being perfect, it's not about you having no weaknesses, but it's about you boasting, it's about you calling attention about your weaknesses, so that you're calling attention to his strength on a consistent basis. So what do we do? What do we do? We know that we've got to admit it. We know that we've got to lean into it. We know that we've got to boast about it. Well, here's what I would tell you. If we understand that, then this is it. There has to be a daily desperation for God's presence. Man, there's got to be a daily desperation for God's presence, church, because his presence makes all the difference. You can't do this on your own. His presence makes all the difference. Growing up, we talk about passion, and teenagers are passionate, and college students are passionate, and adults, sometimes we say, well, just give them some time and they'll mature. And here's what we've done. We've substituted maturity for complacency. 
Can I tell you, a mature Christian isn't any less desperate and passionate for Jesus than a teenager or a college student. And we have substituted passion for mature and knowledge. And can I tell you, the more I know about God, the closer that I get to God, the more I realize my need for him, the more I have a desperation for him. And so many times we wanna be a self-made, a self-fixed person. Can I tell you, you can't fix yourself. You can't make yourself into who God's called you to be. You gotta have a daily, desperation to get into his presence so that you can be, as the army says, all that you can be, right? Because he knows how to make you and design you and to create you and to free you from all that you are struggling with. I remember the first time I was surfing, 40 years old, went to learn something new because I'm getting old, right? Teaching old dog new tricks and I go out surfing and we're in Costa Rica, me and my buddy. And the first day goes really well, I get up, starting to do well, and the second day we had two day lessons, the second day went fantastic. Um, I am up on the board, I'm doing great, and my instructor says, hey Justin, well he said it in an accent, but I can't do that. He says, hey Justin, go out to the big waves. I'm like, out to the big waves? He's like, yeah, I'm like, heck yes, that's what I'm talking about, right? I'm doing the big waves, right? So I paddle out there, nobody told me, the paddling out to those big waves, you are exhausted. I'm paddling, I'm like, right? I'm paddling, 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 paddling. I thought I was in good shape. I'm like, I'm in horrible shape because I can't breathe. And I get out past the waves where they're starting to break. And right when I get out there, there is a beautiful wave coming in. I'm like, it is perfect, right? For a two-day-old surfer that really knows how to read waves really good. And so this perfect wave is coming like, bro, you know, I'm like, y'all talking, all surfer, like, that was so rad. Um, I'm like, bro, this is my wave, mine, you know, and so... I turn my board, I'm paddling, 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 and I go to pop up, and that wave is already crashing on me. And the reason I'm telling you this is that this is the first time I've ever experienced a riptide. Remember, I'm out of breath, and this wave crashes on me, and it starts pulling me, and I've got down like this so the fins don't harm my moneymaker here. And so I've got, <laughs> got my arms over, and it pulls, 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 and once the pull lets go, I shoot up, and I grab a breath of air, because I'm like, huh, I'm already out of air. So I go up, I'm like, huh, huh, like this, and right when I do another wave, boom, hits me. Another riptide takes me, and it's at this point, I'm like, I'm gonna die. Right, and I start getting tickled because I'm like, my wife's gonna kill me if I die like this. Right, she's gonna absolutely be like, just cremate and throw them anywhere, I don't care. I'm just like, I've had it. And I start getting tickled and I pop up and I'm like, oh, and I grab onto my surfboard and I start paddling as hard as I can. I'm paddling towards shore because I knew if I don't get to a place where I can breathe on a regular basis, I'm gonna die. There was a desperation I had for breath to get in my lungs. And here's why I'm telling you this is that we've gotta have that same desperation for the presence of God. In him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being, right? You can't do this on your own. Some of us say, well, Justin, I just don't have time to get into his presence. I don't have time to get into the word. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to have a quiet time. But how much time are you spending on your cell phone a day? How much time are you spending texting and snapping and Facebooking and messaging and, and Instagram and you're doing all these things? Man, just as you don't forget to have coffee in the morning, you can't forget to get into God's presence, right? Oh, I can't function without coffee. No, you can't function without the Holy Spirit being in your life. And there's gotta be a desperation back into followers of Christ that say, man, if my weakness isn't gonna derail me, 
If I'm not just gonna live my life faking it time, make it, if I'm not this pitiful spiritual Eeyore, then I've gotta have a desperation to get into God's presence. Not every once in a while, not at Easter week, not at Christmas week, but every single day because I can't do this without him. The psalmist said it this way in Psalms 27, four, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalm 63 says this, oh God, you are my God, and I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you, my whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you, I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night because you are my helper. You are my strength, right? I sing for joy in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. Psalms 84 says this, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies. I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being, body, and soul. I will shout joyfully to the living God. Hear me today. I'm not talking about a religious relationship with him. I'm talking about a desperate relationship with him. Are you desperate for the presence of God? Because here's why. Here's why this is so key. Because it's not just about being desperate for his presence, but his presence makes all the difference. Man, I, I'm realizing this more and more. The older I get, the more issues I got, the more weaknesses that I don't want to admit, I can't do this without him. I can't be the husband. I can't be the dad. I can't be the friend. I can't be the man of God, and I sure can't be the pastor he's calling me to be without him. And I've got to humble myself and invite the Lord into my weakness. I stink at art. Um, I can't draw. I can't paint. Um, I can't do pottery. Um, some of you do in Pino's palette, whatever it's called, um, where you go and paint. You pay to paint. Nah, that is not happening. Like, Casey was like, that looks like a good time. I'm like, that looks like hell to me. Um, that's what hell will be in my life. And here's why, because I can't draw. I'm the worst person. If we ever play Pictionary, don't choose me, because I'm a great guesser. I'm a horrible drawer, right? I'll, I'll start guessing. You'll draw a line. I'll be like, dog, cat, right? Like a cow. I'll, I'll, I'll guess everything from the moment you start drawing, but the moment, it can be like, draw a stick person. And I'm like, hmm, how am I going to do, right? Like, I just was never there. And so art was horrible. I hated art. I did not like art what so ever. And yet every week, a couple times a week, we had art class. And there would be drawing days, there would be painting days, even if you paint by numbers. I can't do that. I'm just like, <laughs> not good at it. But the worst was pottery week, right? Some of you remember this? You got to form pottery, and I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome, right? And I go, <laughs> I go to make pottery. I go to make something, and they're like, what are you going to make? And I'm like, I'm going to make my mom and dad something. I'm in fourth grade, and they're like, what are you going to make, Just I'm like, an ashtray. <laughs> my mom and dad don't smoke, right? But it's like, hey, maybe this is the time to get those doobies rolled, right? Like, woo. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm just like, why an ashtray? Because it was easy. Like, I was just like, how do you mess up an ashtray? I make my ashtray, the art teacher goes to put it in the cooker, it explodes, pop. So I have to go back in, I have to go back in after school, right? Because it's project, you gotta get it done. What are you gonna make, Justin? I'm gonna make coasters, coasters. Like, it's not hard to make, it's flat, it's a coaster. I go in, I make four coasters, here they are, boom. The art teacher's like, are you sure, Justin? I'm positive, put them in, they crack. I'm like, dang it. We're two weeks past the time that it was due. Everybody's made their thing, right? Everybody's made their bowling ball or whatever, person's head. And I'm like, I, don't, I can't do this. And I'm in this class by myself, and our teacher's like, what are you gonna make, Justin? I'm like, I had this idea. I'm like, hey, can you help me? And he was like, it, it was like he was waiting for the misery to end, right? He's like, thank God <laughs> I'm done with this weird kid in my class. Um, yes, and so he started making this bowl, and he would let me touch it every once like, okay, just put your fingerprints, now stop, right? Like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he made this really cool bowl that I destroyed with my paint project, right? But, but when it came out of the oven, it didn't crack, it didn't explode, and all my friends were like, bro, how'd you make this bowl? You know, I'm like, yeah, that's right, fools, right? Like, that's the, this is what I do, this is what I do, right? And my art teacher just smiled and kind of winked, and I was like, I asked the art teacher for help. And can I tell you, his presence, his ability made all the difference because I couldn't do it on my own. And some of you, you're trying over and over and over again. And one of the great terms that the disciples called Jesus was teacher. And when you come to the place, you say, teacher, I can't, I can't do this. Man, I've been trying and I'm trying and I got issues because I stink at trying to ask for help. I struggle admitting that I've got weakness, but I can't. And if you will allow Jesus into the situation and into the, the circumstance with you, can I tell you, his presence, his ability, his touch makes all the difference, man, because it's in him. It's not by my ability, it's not by my power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord, right? It's by his ability, and if I'm truly living and moving and having my being, being in him and through him, why would I not invite him into the situation to take care of the things I can't take care of, to be the strength when I am weak, to be capable when I am not able, right? That he is more than enough for you and there is nothing he can't do if you will simply invite the teacher into the circumstance, into the situation with you because it's not just enough to be desperate for him. Can I tell you his presence makes all the difference, and that's a way, way better way to live than trying to fake it until you make it. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. Your word says in Ephesians chapter 2, 10, that we are God's master's peace, that you created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things you've planned for us. And Lord, some of us, we're trying to be this masterpiece on our own. And I pray right now that in this place, I, I pray against the spirit of pride that wants to invade our life. Because pride keeps up appearances, but it hurts and damages us like nothing else. God, I pray today that we stop trying to keep up appearances 
that we'd stop trying to impress people and we would just humble ourselves and live for you. But Lord, we wouldn't try to be strong enough, we wouldn't try to be smart enough, that we wouldn't try to be the most perfect person in the room, but we would just be the most vulnerable person in the room, the most open person in the room. And God, we just invite you into our weaknesses. Instead of faking it till we make it, instead of just trying to walk it off, God, I pray that we would realize you're not embarrassed of us, not angry at us. You're just waiting for us to ask for help. And that we would come to a place where we realize the truth that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. So when we're weak, that's when we're our strongest. That's why we can boast because you are able. You are capable. You are more than enough. It's not just something we sing about in songs, but it's something we experience when we get into your presence. So God, I pray that we would just invite you in. Every weakness, every struggle, everything that we just understand that we are not enough, that we would realize that you are more than enough. You're more than capable. And that your presence, your ability, your touch, it makes all the difference of making something out of our lives that we could never make on our own. I pray that you would move and you would let us live our lives out in a different way. It's in Jesus' name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.